Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Podcast. I'm Pauline James, founder and CEO of Anchor HR, and it's my pleasure to be your pod host today. In this episode, we ask, what does the organization of the future look like? Joining me on the show is Michael McInerney, president at Executive and Board Services Consulting Group. He was one of our Agility Reimagined Summit speakers, hosted by the HR Gazette and Anchor HR in March when he spoke about what got us here won't get us there, and shared lessons on how to navigate a rapidly evolving marketplace and workplace. Michael has over 35 years of executive and consulting experience, including positions with companies like IBM, Xerox, Gulf Oil, and Nortel. He's worked as president and CEO of Avid Leadership Performance, Sibson Canada, and Novantis, and as a board member of MBNA Bank and Bank of America for 15 years. As a consultant, Michael has worked with over 250 boards of directors and senior executive teams on matters of strategy, governance, human capital, and executive compensation. He's also co-authored many articles and much research, including the McKinsey War for Talent and the Return on Leadership. Michael holds an MBA from the Ivy School of Business. I look forward to Michael's insights on navigating a marketplace and workplace that's in a state of constant innovation and designing the organization of the future. Genos North America is a global team of changemakers using emotional intelligence to enhance how we connect communicate and collaborate at work. And we are proud to support this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. Transforming essential people skills at work makes a difference to people's relationships outside of the workplace. Using our tools, people become better parents, partners, siblings, and friends. That's why we call our work game-changing for business and life-changing for people. Mike, welcome to the HR Chat Podcast. Beyond my short introduction, please begin by taking just a minute to tell the HR Chat listeners a little bit more about yourself. Thanks, Pauline. It's great to be here. My experiences have uh, been varied across many, many different industries, but my interest has always been consistently focused on the role of leadership, uh, the importance of organizational understanding, and my passion for what the future of organizations look like. Thank you. and look forward to exploring that in our discussion today. Michael, you describe us as currently being at a key inflection point and that this is a time to significantly shift how we approach leadership. Why is that? In the work that uh, I do in the in my consulting, we have what we call a, uh, a decision cycle, and that is that when people are when leaders are in a position to make decisions, they're immersed in action, and they have to make a decision. So there's usually a cause and effect. What we tend to do when we work with leaders is we tend to help them 
we can't change the fact that they are immersed in action, but we cause them to pause and reflect. We give them a moment to sort of think about, ask some different questions, get to a different layering of discussion, and then introduce some new ideas and then let them make a decision. So there's the, the pause and reflect. And what the pandemic has done for us is it's given us an opportunity to do exactly that when it comes to organizations. Now, how companies embrace that opportunity will be what I think will be challenging because some companies don't want to embrace it and want to get back to normal as fast as possible. Again, the emphasis on back to normal and other companies are embracing it as an opportunity to move forward in a proactive way and build the organization of the future. On that, Michael, uh, you spoke as our keynote speaker at the Agility Reimagined Summit in March, which was produced by the HR Gazette and Anchor HR, downtown Toronto. And the topic you spoke to was, what got us here won't get us there. Lessons in how to navigate a marketplace and workplace that's in a state of constant innovation. Can you share a key takeaway you were hoping that attendees had? Well, I, I'll share more than one takeaway uh, because there were two or three themes that, uh, that I felt were really important when it comes to the notion of agility reimagined. Um, number one is the capacity to pause and think and reflect uh, and the importance of thinking uh, as being as if not more important than the importance of reacting. That's point number one. Point number two that I realized was that as leaders, we need to create space for these things to happen. That means space in terms of physical space. That means space in terms of uh, time. Uh, that means space in terms of psychological safety. And I don't use that term lightly. Uh, so creating space is, uh, is a very important concept. The third one, uh, is a generational perspective where you look at the things that are affecting our organizations today are coming at us in much different ways than we experienced in the past. And at the same time, we are trying to manage four distinct generational perspectives in our organization. So we have the Gen Zs who are coming into the organization and we have the baby boomers who are moving out of the organization. So we're going through a major generational transformation and that's becoming very evident in the post-pandemic world. So that's one of the things that I think uh, I realized it is the three concepts of the importance of thinking, the, the importance of creating space and the importance of understanding and considering the different generational perspectives as we make decisions going forward. You've spoken about the need to resist falling back to our previous ways of management that may be more comfortable for executives, but no longer often for much of the workforce or for the betterment of productivity and well-being. Why is mm -hmm. that? When I look at a, a, a situation, it's always a variety of different influences that are coming back into play. And what we have to look at is we have to look at it through a variety of different lenses in that falling back. So the question I would start with is, okay, is the business that we had going into and up to the period that we're in right now, is that going to continue with the same trajectory? We know economically, 
uh, that we are facing some headwinds that we haven't faced in a long, long time with interest rates, demand, supply chains, all of those factors. So the question, the fundamental question to start with is, do we strategically need to reassess where we're going and where we're putting our emphasis in order to, uh, to move forward with success and sustainability? The second element is, okay, if that's if we know we're moving there strategically, what kind of structure do we need to put in place? Is the structure that we have in place consistent with what we need to, to do to move as quickly as we do or to have the level of quality that we need in, in moving that new strategy forward? The next question is, do we have the people uh, to, to populate that structure? Maybe the, the decision-making process needs to change. The systems need to change. The way we reward people needs to change. The way we measure performance needs to change. I'm not suggesting that they all need to change, but I think this is an opportunity for us to, to step back and reevaluate and reassess whether these are the tools that will continue to reinforce the world that we want to create. That, so those are all of the things that we can sort of analyze and, and segment and leverage. The most important catalyst to all of that, however, is leadership behavior. Do we have the leaders and do we have the mindset in those leaders that will enable them to catalyze the changes necessary and guide the changes necessary for the organizations to move forward? So I would suggest that a lot of it will come, a lot of the barriers will, could be systemic uh, because of the way we've always done things and will need to be revisited. But the most important catalyst will be the leaders that you put in place and the mindset that they bring and the space that they provide so that the organization has the capacity to change and move forward. Mike, one thing I'd like to come back to is you've spoken about the generational influences in the workplace and the importance of those being navigated well. And you and I have had discussions where I tend to resist the labels or I, I have caution around the labels and the stereotypes that often accompany generations that may often more tie to where someone is at in their point in life. And I know you do as well. So I just I just wanted to pause on that and, and to, to hear your perspective when you speak about generations and generational influences and, and embracing uh, those, what that what that means for you. Yeah, that, that's one that I've, I've gone over in my mind many, many times over many, many years. Um, and I used to refer to it as, um, you know, you have in, in any organization, you have the three L's, you have the learning group of people, the learning generation, uh, you have the lifestyle generation. Uh, those are the ones that are sort of, they're in position and they're trying to, you know, be effective leaders. And then you have the legacy generation. And so I've always sort of talked about the three L's. And what I realized in, in breaking this out uh, further is that, that those, those are aspirations that those groups necessarily have. But what we have now are we have three groups of people. We have emerging leaders, and these are going to be the leaders of the future. They're the ones that are, are being identified now. They're the ones that are, are going on the courses, the development courses, et cetera. We have uh, experienced leaders, peer, people who have been in position and who want to develop and become better leaders because they're going to be in this position for the next 20 years and they want to optimize their leadership capacity. And then you have what I would call reflective leaders. And reflective leaders are people who have been in position who have something to add. 
And what I believe is it's a combination of those three uh, leadership dimensions that we need to bring together so that we can create the next generation of leadership. And it shouldn't be just, you know, the, the Gen Zs putting their point, points of view forward. It shouldn't be just the, uh, the legacy generation or the, the baby boomers pontificating about the way things were. And it shouldn't be the people who are dealing with the day-to-day. We need to create a, a forum for these kinds of conversations to take place so that we can start to advance the, the thinking about that organization of the future. But the generational, uh, the, the generational generalizations that we're subjected to, like all baby boomers you know, are X or all Gen Zs or Y, that's, uh, that is totally inappropriate because we all exist on spectrums. Once in a while an event series is born that shakes things up, it makes you think differently, and it leaves you inspired. That event is Disrupt HR. The format is 14 speakers, 5 minutes each, and slides rotate every 15 seconds. If you're an HR professional, a CEO, a technologist, or a community leader and you've got something to say about talent, culture, or technology, Disrupt is the place. It's coming soon to a city near you. Learn more at disrupthr.co. Mike, you are planning an organization of the Future Symposium on this same theme that will be multi-generational. The intention is that it's developmental for all attendees. Can you share more about this project? Sure, Pauline, I'd be happy to. Uh, This has been a passion of mine for quite some time. The first time I engaged with the concept of organization of the future was back about 20 years ago. Uh, And it was just after the dot-com era. And what I was curious about was as we moved out of that, the turbulence and the first sort of big wave of technology and the aftermath of all of that, what I was interested in was how organizations were going to have to evolve. <clears throat> so I hosted what I called the six symposia on the organization of the future. And what I did was I invited uh, C-level executives in groups of 35 to have a day-long discussion around if you were going to build an organization that was going to be sustainable for the next 50 years, what kind of foundation would you have to build for that organization? What kind of form would that organization have to um, take? And what kind of texture, what kind of policies would inform that kind of an organization? I conducted six of these symposia over the course of about eight months, uh, put together the findings. We had 135 participants. And what we basically identified was were the underpinning foundations of how the organization need to uh, form, but also the fact that middle management was really a key attribute to moving any organization forward. That being said, over the course of the last 20 years, I've conducted a number of these organizations the future symposia. The most recent one that we did was last year, uh, just before the, uh, the war in Ukraine broke out. And what we had were 50 people together in a virtual space for four hours discussing a variety of organizational issues. From that uh, conversation, we had people from 26 different countries around the world. And from that experience, we determined that this was a a very positive forum for these types of conversations. So what 
I am doing is beginning in the middle of this year is we're going to be reprising the organization of the future idea, but we're going to do it in such a way that we are bringing together multi-generational voices. The idea and design is that we will use virtual space so that you don't physically have to go anywhere, but it's, it's a space that is uh, three-dimensional as opposed to Zoom, which is two-dimensional. So the experience will be much more a, pr a presence, uh, self-agency kind of experience. But what we will do is we will be putting together groups of multi-generation. So I will have in a group, for example, five participants. There will be two uh, uh, emerging leader generation people who will participate. There will be two people who are experienced leaders and there'll be one reflective leader in each group. The first people to speak will be the people, uh, will be the Gen Zs because they will set the context for the future of the organization. So I want them to talk about the issues that are facing them, the perspectives that they bring. The next people to speak will be the experienced generation. They will talk about what they're experiencing in real time in their workplace and their leadership experience. The last people to speak will be the reflective leaders because they will have spent the, the first part of that conversation listening and then they will be able to bring their insights to it. The design of this is intentionally inverse to what we would typically do, which would be to take the most senior people and say, what, what have you experienced over the last 50 years, Mike, and what can, you, what can we learn from that? I really want this to be much more of a listening kind of environment than a, than a talking type of environment. What we are also doing is we, because we are doing this in virtual space, we are able to capture all of the information that is all of the conversations and be able to put them through an analytic frameworks and language analysis and sentiment analysis to actually extract the key themes of how people are feeling about subjects, what their, what their key priorities are, et cetera. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to create not only a conversation about the organization of the future, but we're trying to create an environment which is futuristic because we're gonna be using future space and, and designing it in an inverse, in an inverse fashion. Thanks for tuning in to the HR Chat Podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And now, back to the conversation. I really like how you're uh, leveraging virtual space as well. You, you noted earlier and in your talk at, at the keynote that the importance of creating space, physical space, um, but I know you also talk about that doesn't need, mean, need to be as it was in the past, that we can recreate how people connect, that we need leaders to to really challenge and stretch their thinking about how we create collaborative work environments that, that meet the needs of, of employees. That's exactly right. I mean, we the notion of collaboration is very interesting because collaboration, like everything else, is multidimensional. Uh, again, as I said earlier, if we're trying to build a 747, that requires me to have physical collaboration with engineering teams and various components of, of, of the elements that build up a 747. If I'm trying to collaborate around building or planning a Christmas party, that requires a different kind of collaboration and a different kind of environment. So what we need to do is we need to be, become much more customized in the way we do these things. Uh, and, and again, the expectation and the sense of agency that the coming generations are going to have in our organizations is going to be a major challenge that we're going to have to accommodate. Um, 
going forward. Thank you. Much to continue to to speak of and to challenge ourselves uh, with to to improve the workplace and the, the future of work. With that, as we finish up, I know this was a short discussion. How should listeners reach you if they would like to learn more and connect with you? They can reach me at mmcinerney at rapidalignment.com. Uh, and I would be more than happy to uh, to talk to people about their, their concerns, issues, ideas, and anybody who is interested in participating in some of these organizations of the future symposia can reach me and I'd be more than happy to accommodate uh, their inclusion. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day and sharing your insights with us, Michael. Very helpful. It's been a pleasure, Pauline. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.